just bugs me. Because time is a loop. Time is a loop. And <laughs> actually, the impact of time in our lives is quite fascinating. It is really fascinating. If you take the time to think about it. I think that might be a little too heavy for what we're trying That's to do here. really heavy. <laughs> I think the people are here to hear about beer and the Denver beer scene and not about our existential life crises that we're going through right now. However, if you do want to hear about that, let us know and maybe we'll start another podcast. Called Our Problems. Because we have a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that was, I don't don't know if it'd be called our problems. It would probably be called time is a loop. I don't know. And it would just be us breathing into the microphones as we (laughs) sob our problems at you. Yeah. But you could probably help us solve some of them. Any therapists out there? I'm looking for one. (laughs) You think I'm joking? pay you in beer and happy hours and lots of laughs exactly because we are the beer this podcast welcome back to the beer this podcast we are back i hope everyone is having a great end to february actually this is march's recording so it is i hope your march is off to a great start i hope so as well how was your february how is your March? Is it going to be summer soon? I sure hope so, because we're in the Fool's Spring, I think it was called. Yes. On that meme that's going around, I think Fool's Spring is the or the best way to categorize the weather we're experiencing. It's beautiful outside. It's like 60 degrees out. It's extremely rude, because we know that snow is coming And it's a catch-22 because we want the snow to come because if there's no snow in the winter, there's fire in the summer in the state of Colorado. But those days when the sun's shining and it's just nice, you can go for a walk and I'm really craving summer at this point. I am too. I'm also craving being able to wash my car and not know that it's going to snow like a day from now. Your new car? My new car. I really want to give her a bath, but it's going to snow like soon, right? I think so. Uh, Friday? Thursday? I guess my car won't be in the snow on Thursday because we'll be in Steamboat. We will. Going to Winter Wondergrass. More on that later. But we hope you all have been having a good March so far. We are excited for St. Patrick's Day coming up. Are you going to be having some green beer? What are you going to do to celebrate? Where are you going? Are you a Guinness person? Are you a green beer person? Are you an Irish car bomb person? 
let us know. We're curious. We'll post something on Instagram and hopefully get some activity. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some feedback. Have you ever heard of a bear fight? I haven't heard of a bear fight, actually. So I might have to think about this for a minute, but apparently bear fights are a thing. It's a type of, it's a combination of drinks. I'm pretty sure it's an Irish car bomb followed by a Jaeger bomb. That sounds And you drink them consecutively. So you drink the Irish car bomb as fast as you can. And then you follow that, you chase that with a Jaeger bomb. If I were 22, that would be my Friday night. But <laughs> I that just sounds like me, my face in a toilet it's, all night. It sounds like your stomach would feel like a bear is inside it fighting with your soul because, oh, my God. That's fair. It really stems a statement just because you can doesn't mean you should. I agree. Quoting Jeff Goldblum here, Jurassic Park. But have, yikes. Have you had a bear fight? Are bear fights a thing where you are from or where you attended college? Have you ever heard of a combination of alcohol that is more preposterous than a bear fight? Let us know because we're curious. Because it's not something you want to drink. And you know what you do want to drink is beer. Craft so, craft beer. Craft beer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Beer This Podcast. My name is Amanda. And I'm Amy. And we are just two Denver natives that love to talk about the craft beer scene, about the Denver beer scene. We love to talk about breweries that are giving back to the community and just kind of highlight the events and new beers that are tapping here in Denver for all of you guys. We just love to share our love of beer and what we've learned. And one of the things that we really like to do is talk about a new beer that we've loved. So, Amy, is there a beer that you've had recently? I know you just went to Glenwood, and it sounds like you went to a couple of breweries. Is there a beer that stood out? Yes, there was. So, I went to a new brewery called Casey Brewing, and it was wonderful. Shout out, Casey Brewing. Great beers. They are known for their sours, and I'm a huge sour fanatic, so if you listen to previous episodes, I... I'm a big sour fan, and they really do their sours well. My favorite was called the Ghost Note, and it's a peach sour. Yum. It's so good, and the atmosphere was really fun, too. They're right in that downtown spot in Glenwood, if you guys have ever been to Glenwood Springs, right where the restaurants and shops are, Um, so really cute, really accessible. If you're staying at the Glenwood Hotel, I think it's called the Glenwood Hotel, that's where the Glenwood hot springs themselves are so very easily accessible we just posted up there one of the nights that we were in town and brought our traveling cribbage board because we're 85 and i love it and uh had a flight we had uh, five different beers and the ghost note was a standout for me kevin really liked the dandelion which I also agree. That was actually my second favorite. So we had swapped favorites. His was the dandelion, and then his second was the ghost note, and mine was the opposite. Awesome. So um, highly recommend if you are a sour fan. Great spot to go to. Glenwood's also just a really cool town. There's a lot to do there. There's lots of outdoor activities, and of course the hot springs. I mean, you go 
play hard and then you relax in some hot mineral water. Recover in the warmth of the water. Yes, it is quite lovely. And Amanda, what beer have you had recently that you've enjoyed? So I have had quite a few beers recently. I think I went a little hard in the beer sampling world in the last week. Not only did we go to, Amy and I went to the brewery that we are going to feature in this episode a little later, and I got a flight. I also went to, have you ever heard of Grist? I have. So I have been, they've got multiple locations, right? They have three locations. Okay. So I've been to two of the three. They're one in Littleton, and then they've got one by Park Meadows. That's Mm -hmm. kind of like got a speakeasy sort of vibe yeah rare by grist is that location yes yes so i went to rare by grist and i got a flight and it was wonderful and i think the beer that stood out the most was their ghosted which is an albino stout the description on their menu basically says that it is a heavy coffee cocoa and vanilla notes that's those are the notes that they have and honestly i would totally agree with that it tasted like a vanilla latte straight up iced vanilla latte it was so good i could drink so many of those and just be so satisfied honestly i've never heard of an albino stout before i didn't either that's not the first time that i've had that stout specifically but every single time that i have it it just stands out so i figured that it was worth a mention here That sounds amazing. I don't think I've ever had an albino stout, so I definitely need to get on that. You should try it. It honestly had... So you know how stouts have kind of that like smooth body? Like they often feel very like thick is a word I like to use a lot. But yeah, like creamy, smooth. Yeah. They have like almost like a soft body. Soft, smooth body. I would say that too. This was same body of a stout, same kind of... Maybe coffee. I feel like a lot of stouts have coffee in them or have coffee notes. So like same kind of coffee flavoring, but a lot lighter. It almost resembled an amber. Okay. And it almost like tasted even lighter too. Like it didn't have quite the... I know I'm saying that a stout has a soft, smooth body, but they also feel like they have some weight to them. This felt kind of like light and refreshing, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And I might be totally off base here, but... For example, if I go to Starbucks, which I don't typically do, but if I do go to Starbucks, I find that a lot of their coffee is a little too heavy, a little too strong for me. Yeah. And sometimes I feel the same way about stouts. Yeah. And I typically get the white mocha, and that's kind of how I'm comparing it in my mind of you know, that lightness factor. Yeah, a little lighter, a little sweeter than maybe your like typical coffee drink. Okay. Or your typical stout. Gives a little, it gives punch, but it's not super thick. Yes. And heavy. Yes. I think we should at some point have a poll of what your favorite descriptor words that we've used have been. Because some of my favorite are thick. (laughs) Thicksons. And wet. (laughs) A thick, wet beer. What am I saying? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> you might know. I can pretend to know, but no, I know what you I know what you mean. It's a lot. One of the words that I feel like you're starting to hear more often to describe beer, but probably was never something that used to describe beer is spicy. Yes. 
Like the beer we have in front of us right now. It is the Jalapeno Mexican Lager, and it is from Spice Trade, which is the brewery we're going to be featuring today. One of my favorite things is listening to us awkwardly gulp beer when I'm editing. <laughs> and do, I feel like both of us do that. <laughs> well, ASMR. <laughs> it's really good. It's very tasty. It's the spice level is light, but it's there because I find that beers that describe themselves as spicy or, you know, that they have chili or anything like that. And then they're not, there isn't actually any sort of spice kick. It's yeah. a little disappointing. I agree. On the flip side, I think that beers that are very spice forward where like the first thing that you get is that spicy flavor can also be a little disappointing it's a definitely an interesting sensation to be drinking a spicy beer but what i like about this beer is i think that it almost like finishes with the spice so when you take a sip you get the flavor of like the mexican lager and you get like a little bit of like jalapeno on your tongue but like not the spice like the actual flavor of a jalapeno and then as you swallow it that spice kind of just like stays in your mouth and is like the lingering flavor. At least that's what I'm getting. That's a really good way to describe it because I'm feeling the same way. It's sitting in the back of my throat now. Not in a, holy shit, this is really spicy, but just a, oh yeah, that's the... Oh, there's some spice there. Yeah, the flavor of the the jalapeno and it's it's really tasty. And it's 5.1%, so pretty approachable. Yeah, you could drink a couple... 30 IBU, so pretty low bitterness level as well. It is brewed with Pilsner malt and corn. And Spice Trade describes this beer as light, crisp, and super drinkable with a nice jalapeno flavor and mild heat. And I would say all of that's accurate. This is definitely a really good one to, I would say, pop in the summer evening. Definitely. When the sun's down. Yeah. When it's like a little chilly in the air, but not so chilly that you're cold. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Like, and having it with some tacos or some nachos, you know. Yeah, definitely. That would be really good. I actually have, the first time I ever had a spicy beer was Kevin and I went to Crested Butte. And it was our first like ski trip together. We went there for Valentine's Day and it was such a fun trip. We got the Tommyknocker jalapeno. Oh, the green chili. Yeah, the green chili ale, which is good. But honestly, it was kind of fun to drink one of those in the hot tub when it was cold AF outside. That's an interesting sensation. Yes. You've got the cold and then the heat of the hot tub and then the heat of the beer. Yeah. It's like you're warm, but like the bottom half of you is warm. The top half of you is cold and the inside of you is warm as well. That's really interesting. It was super interesting. (laughs) It was really good. Now, every time I think of chili beers or every time I have a chili beer, I kind of remember that sensation and that kind of like fun weekend. So that's a nice little old, nice little memory that chili beers always bring up for me. That is really, really cool. I want to say that that green chili beer from Tommy Knocker was one of my first spicy beers as well. This one, I think I've had before from Spice Trade. Mm-hmm. And there was one from Fourteener. 
that was, I believe it was jalapeno and cilantro. Mm, that sounds really good. Up. It was very tasty. That sounds really, really good. I actually had this beer when we went to Spice Trade on Tuesday of this past week. And I had this beer along with a few other beers that were really good. But I really liked this one. I do like how the jalapeno flavor, even though it is like really subtle, kind of builds a little bit. So you do still get that spicy, like kind of warm sensation as you keep drinking it, which is kind of just, just, it's neat. It's nice to have a beer that like is also an experience as well. I agree. And I think crisp is a really good descriptive word they they use here because it is just that it's, I don't think there's lime in this, but it almost feels, yeah, just nice and I don't want to say citrusy because I'm not really getting citrus, but it's got that kind of profile, that flavor profile. I agree. I actually think putting a lime wedge in this would be really good. We might have to do that. The beer from 14er is the Rocky Mountain Saison, Mm. which is a farmhouse ale saison, and it is very delicious. So if you like spicy beers, that's another one I would recommend. That sounds really good. I don't think I've had that one. But it's I will good. have to try it on our next brew hike. Absolutely. And they distribute as well. So you can get it in cans. Oh, that's good to know. I'll have to look out for it. Spice Trade is the brewery that we are featuring this episode. Spice Trade was founded in 2008. It was actually launched out of the back of a Yak and Yeti restaurant, which Yak and Yeti actually is a, a little bit of a chain restaurant. They have five locations in the Denver metro area, as well as one location in Hawaii. This one, they essentially, they were opening a Yak and Yeti location in Arvada, and they decided they wanted to brew beer to go along with the food as well. So they opened what was called Yak and Yeti Brew Pub out of the back of the Yak and Yeti restaurant. Yak and Yeti is an Indian and Nepalese restaurant, and they focus on authentic, traditional Indian and Nepalese food, and they wanted to brew beers that complemented the food as well. So that's kind of where the beer idea came from and how they kind of got the inspiration for the beers that they wanted to brew. This might be a ridiculous question, and if you don't know the answer, that's totally fine, but do you know if this is the same Yak and Yeti that's at Disney World? I don't think so. Okay. So I, th- it, I think it's different because okay. this, this Yak and Yeti was founded in 2003 by, I think I'm butchering it, but by Dole Batari. It was, so the first location was in Westminster. This location they were opening in 2008 and that's just what they did. They brewed beer that went along with the food at Yak and Yeti for a very long time in 2016, Jeff Tyler joined the team as a co-owner and as the head brewer for Yak and Yeti Brew Pub. And then very soon after that, in 2017, Tyler led the charge in them actually rebranding. And they rebranded the beer side of things from Yak and Yeti Brew Pub to Spice Trade Brewing. That's cool that they were able to kind of, you know, not forget the roots or where they came from, but separate themselves a little bit and definitely create their own own path. Yeah. And one of the big reasons why they wanted to do that is they wanted to focus more on the beer while they still wanted to draw inspiration from international ingredients and food. 
they wanted to focus more on brewing unique beer and less on actually making sure that the food and the beer went really well together. So a quote from Jeff Tyler on an article on craftbeer.com. Basically, he said, the Yak and Yeti beer has always taken a little bit of inspiration from the culinary world, but this will be the main focus of our beer going forward as we unveil the Spice Trade brand. Um, and then he basically goes on to say that it's like trying to focus on using unique ingredients, still staying true to the Western Asia kind of Indian Nepalese brand, but but using but brewing more unique beer that isn't necessarily as food focused. Which you can definitely tell when you go to the brewery. There's a lot of representation of well, and I don't feel like I'm the best to state this, but it seems like there's a lot of representation of the culture in the brewery mm-hmm. and through their food as well because I, they do offer food. I definitely agree. In 2020, they opened a standalone tap house and brewing location in the Denver Tech Center. You may have heard me refer to this brewery in episode six, where I said that Kevin and I went there after I went car shopping. And yeah, so it's the same location that we went to. They opened this location under the name Spice Trade Brewing. And they opened this location with a whole new food lineup focused more on international street food. And the other big thing that this new location allowed for them to do was to expand their production from 500 barrels to 3,000 barrels per year. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's like, what is that, like quadrupling or even more your production ability? Yeah, that's... uh... Whatever six is. Times six. <laughs> oh, maybe that's not really a word we want to say. Sex tuppling. Yep. Times six. Yes. So. Sex tuppling there. Six times. <laughs> six <laughs> they, they multiplied their brewing potential by six. And that was according to a an article in Westward. That's really crazy. And they do distribute... I would say pretty well throughout the Denver metro area. I would agree. It's pretty common to see, I would say, their IPA and their chai. That's probably the one that you've seen the most. It's that purple can with the like, I describe it as an Ibex, but I think it's actually supposed to be an eagle, like a, a Hindu eagle guardian god. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. It just took me a second to. It doesn't really look like an eagle. I'm describing it really poorly. It's really neat. And I would say that I've seen the jalapeno Mexican lager fair amount of spots too. I would agree. And they also, another, they had a jalapeno pilsner that came in a similar can that they distribute a lot as well. But I think now they're on to the Mexican lager. I believe that's what I was thinking of, yeah. actually, the pilsner. Yeah. That makes sense. So they have a couple of really notable taps. As we just mentioned, one of their most notable taps is the Chai Milk Stout, which is actually brewed with a unique house blend of hand-mixed spices. And another one, which I've never had, I think I've seen it distributed, is the Scarlet Giant Hibiscus Key Lime Sour. This beer is a floral, tart, and refreshing gosa brewed with coriander, Utah rock salt, key limes, and hibiscus. It's also fermented with a wild yeast that Jeff Tyler cultured from a hibiscus flower from the Denver Botanic Gardens. First of all, yum. 
Yes. And that is really interesting. Isn't it? That's so cool to use local resources and... That's like as local as it gets. It is. <laughs> is it's the yeast from a flower in our botanic gardens. And I've never been to the Denver Botanic Gardens, unfortunately. I also have not. We should go. You've never been there either? No. <gasps> we should go for like zoo lights. Not zoo lights. Um, the lights. The lights. I agree. The Botanic Garden lights. Botanic Garden lights. Yeah, we should definitely go. But that's really interesting. I, I mean, I'm always curious about beers that are made from all Colorado ingredients or, you know, things like that. Definitely. But very interesting. I kind of compare it to, we went to a really, a cool brewery down in Durango. It's called Steamworks and they have a beer that's brewed with spruce tips. Cool. That they collect from the forest nearby? They do. They make it an outing. The employees go and collect these spruce tips. They go on Mollus Pass and... It sounded like they make a day of it, which I just think is really interesting and kind of see that reflected here with the hibiscus flower. That Yeah, that's super interesting. So there's actually a whole Denver Post article on the making of this beer, and we'll post it in the show notes for you to go and check out. I would highly recommend that you read it because they're going to articulate it a lot better than I do. But just a couple of quotes that I pulled that I thought were interesting. One thing that Jeff Tyler said was, when beer was first accidentally discovered no one went to yeast labs for yeast. They used the wild yeast that was in the air. So that was kind of part of his inspiration. There was also part of his inspiration where it's called Beers Made by Walking Festival. And basically the whole goal of that is to inspire brewers to make beer based on the beauty around them, based on ingredients around them. So they basically sponsor different hikes and the whole goal is for brewers to find inspiration and make a beer out of it. And that is kind of what led Jeff Tyler to this situation. We should learn how to brew beer Yes. by the next event so that we can so, get invited no i totally cool. agree it is really cool because then you you walk around and basically find your muse for yeah the beverages you want to create from nature and i just think that's really cool especially since everything these days is so calculated and i understand why yeah i mean nobody wants to put a ton of money into something that they're not sure is going to work out yeah But to just go and be inspired by something and give it a try is really neat. Yeah, definitely. And we can dive more into the Beers Made by Walking Festival as well. Honestly, it seems really interesting. And maybe we can kind of talk about some beers that were inspired by that. Maybe we can go on a walk and see what sort of inspiration we get. And we can talk about it. I love that. Yeah. I I really like that idea. I don't know that we could brew like a really cool beer that goes along with it. But we could at least find some inspiration ideas yeah do you know when the last walking festival was what year that was in so it they put it on every year it started in 2011 so there will be more i would imagine okay we just have to figure out when that's been a beer they've been brewing for a long time so it's really making me want to get a can of that and just me too give it a try and just savor the flower yeast yum because i do really like hibiscus flavored beverages me too and i like hibiscus flavored beer gosas are one of those things where it's really hit or miss for me i like gosas usually so yeah so that's a kind of the like nitty-gritty about spice trade uh the quick facts the quick history there 
are a few other things worth mentioning, some fun facts, if you will. All of Spice Trade's beers are actually brewed in a way that reduces gluten. So all of their beers are gluten-reduced. They are not gluten-free. That is important to point out. If you have celiac disease, these are not gluten-free. These are not something that you can consume. If you're gluten-sensitive, though, it is possible that you could give them a try. So all of Spice Trade's beers are brewed with an enzyme called Clarity Firm, and this helps the beer clear up faster and also reduces the gluten content. This enzyme breaks up gluten protein strands into smaller amino acid chains, which actually just make them like easier to digest. That's why they're gluten reduced, but not gluten free. All of their beers have less than 20 parts per million of gluten. Again, not gluten free, but gluten reduced. And brewing their beers in this way allows them to have lighter gluten content, but also preserves the flavor of the beer and allows them to have a really rich, deep flavor because oftentimes when you're brewing a beer to be gluten-free, the flavor gets lost. Science. Science. It's really neat that we've gotten to this point where breweries can make these beers without gluten or gluten-reduced. Definitely. When we were at the brewery, I also noticed that some of their food was gluten reduced as well oh really Mm -hmm. that's cool which is a nice option because I have never had trouble with gluten and I've never given it up you know willingly but I god I really feel for people that have an allergy or can't do it because especially here I mean beer is such a big thing Luckily, we've got some good options. I mean, Holla Daily is great and golden. Yeah. They exclusively brew gluten-free beer. You know, of course, Spice Trade with the gluten-reduced beer. And we're seeing a lot more acknowledgement to, you know, some gluten-free options. Yeah. But they, of course, have significantly less options when it comes to beer because a lot of beer is gluten. Yeah, so. that is the the nature of beer is. is to be glutinous. It is. So it's really cool to see them making that a priority and it's still very tasty i don't think there's any flavor lacking i agree honestly i had no idea i've drank beers from spice trade before and they've been i've i've never even thought about it until we started doing research and i think maybe when we were there on tuesday i did notice on their menu that they had like a whole little blurb about them their beers being gluten reduced but Digging deeper into it, it's really fascinating, and hopefully soon we'll do an episode on, like, Holla Daily or a brewery that focuses more on gluten-free beer or has, like, a fully gluten-free option. I mean, we can kind of dive into that a little bit more. I agree, because I would really like to learn more about the science of it, even though you've covered some really cool things here, and just the process and how they keep it tasting like a beer without those elements yeah another cool thing that spice trade offers is a frequent flyer program the frequent flyer program is an annual membership that costs 150 dollars per year and gives you a few perks the first one being one dollar off all beer pours it has to be in their special mug though and then one six or four pack of your choice every month two beers on your birthday and members-only events, discounts, and early access to ticketed events. 
So that's kind of fun. I mean, especially if you live near the Denver Tech Center, work near the Denver Tech Center, they have so many options as far as beer goes that I think it would be like if this was going to be your spot that you go to all the time, I think 150 bucks per year, like you honestly would probably spend that on a six pack every month. I would think so. And I am a big fan of the birthday giveaway. Me too. I sign up for all the things. Me too. And I would love two free beers on my birthday. Me too. Uh, They also have additional add-ons that you can add. Some of them are additional perks when it comes to food for $50, going all the way up to $400 where you get like one free VIP tasting and lots of other things kind of go into that. I will make sure to put the link in the show notes for Spice Trade's website in general, but specifically the link for the Frequent Flyer program, so you can go and check that out if that's something that you're interested in. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, and then the last thing to note, they also have trivia every Tuesday starting at 6.30. And the other thing that would be worth mentioning is they do take reservations, and it seems like the reservations fill up fast. So especially on trivia night, if that's something you're interested in, I would recommend making a reservation ahead of time because we showed up on Tuesday only to be told you got to bounce by the time trivia starts because we're fully booked. Which makes sense. It looked like a lot of fun. I was pretty jealous that we didn't sign up for trivia. I know. I was jealous too. I love trivia night and it seemed really cool that I didn't catch the name of the company that puts on the trivia, but they did it via an app. So there wasn't even a like scoreboard or something that you had to keep or like a scorecard. You basically just logged in on your phone via a QR code. And I don't know if it was an app or just a website, but you just like filled in all your answers there. So quick and easy. Yeah. That's super cool. We really enjoyed it. We had a great experience. I know Amanda has gone a couple times with Cabin 2 and... It's just, it's a fun spot. And especially if you're in that Denver Tech Center area, even if you're not in the Denver Tech Center, it's right off of I-25. It's yeah very quick to access. So if you're coming from, if you're going south to north or north to south and you have some extra time, we would recommend hitting up Spice Trade. Yeah, it's definitely worth stopping in. And the only other thing I think worth mentioning that I didn't cover earlier is that Yak and Yeti and all of their other locations, they still serve Spice Trade beer. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps up Spice Trade. Again, definitely stop by. I think that the tap house in the Denver Tech Center is amazing. It's like the inside is very spacious and they also have a big patio that is covered in the winter and then open in the summer. So I think it's definitely worth the stop. Agreed. And with that, we are going to go into what's happening in the world of beer. So Amy, what is happening in the world of beer? Well, I'm sure all of you have heard of Denver Beer Company. Are they the ones that were trying to like rally to buy the Rockies a couple years ago? They were. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You got that right. And they have some really tasty beers. The Juice Freak IPA is a wonderful IPA if you are an IPA fan. They have the Graham Cracker Porter. That's a classic. The Princess Yum Yum. Also a classic. I don't even really like Kolsch's and that's a delicious Kolsch. So Denver Beer Company has, well, I should say had three locations and they just opened their fourth tap room on Saturday, February 25th. That is awesome. And where is this new location? So it's in Lowry, which is 
eastern Denver. Yeah. And the location is, as Amanda would describe it, huge. Absolutely huge. And it has a huge patio. It can host up to 485 people at a time, which is... That is literally huge. That's a lot of people. (laughs) That's a lot of people. That's a big location. It is. And it's really great because I think that this is... It's just really cool that they're, you know, continuing to grow and expand. And they've got some really delicious beers. And we always love hearing about a new... I know they're not a new brewery, but a new location opening. Definitely. Especially, I mean, over in Lowry, I feel like Lowry is really up and coming and there's kind of a lot opening over there. I would agree. I still have it on my list to go to the Lowry Beer Garden. I have yet to make it, but I am making it a priority this summer because I think that's going to be a really good option to sit outside and, and drink a beer in the garden. And another piece of news that's pretty exciting is that Collaboration Fest is returning and it is an event that is put on by the Colorado Brewers Guild. So this is happening on March 25th of 2023. And just some fun facts. um, Collaboration Fest was established in 2014. And it's where the Colorado Brewers Guild members team up with brewers near and far, according to their description, to create one-of-a-kind beers that will be poured at the festival. Yeah, so breweries that are a member of the Colorado Brewers Guild, basically once they sign up, they team up and they create beers together that are then debuted at this festival i would love to be a fly on the wall and it kind of reminds me of watching this is a really bad comparison but watching a cooking show and you're just seeing these people collaborate and come up with like really well i don't know if i can say that because a lot of american cooking shows are like i'm the best and they're like competitive (laughs) definitely (laughs) but seeing collaborations because you take a couple of the people that are the best in their industry and they're coming up with ideas together. I I think some really unique beers are going to come from this. Definitely. So we'll be on the lookout for some of the beers that are going to be released or, I mean, maybe we have to wait until they are released to talk about them, but we will, yeah, be on the lookout and keep you posted. And speaking of festivals, we talked about it a little bit on episode six, but we wanted to chat about Beer Fest, which is coming up on March 11th. We are excited to be going, and we also have a discount code for anyone that wants to join and and experience Beer Fest because it's going to be a really fun time. It's Roaring Twenties theme, which... I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. I need to find some flapper gear or something. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll have to get our flapper girl on, get get some dresses, some skirts. Some skirts. Love it. Some fringe. Yes, all the fringe, yeah. all the sparkly fringe. Sparkly fringe, maybe yeah. a feather in our in our little headband. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll be there. And you should too. You can use the discount code for $5 off your purchase with code BEERTHISPODCAST in all caps. All one word, no spaces. And we will also be giving out two general admission tickets. So we're going to be putting up an Instagram post on March 1st. So, you know, you'll be hearing this after the fact, but we are going to post this and have you comment anyone that doesn't follow the podcast Instagram page, anybody that you think would be interested in attending the attending the event. And from those names listed, 
we are going to select one and they will receive two tickets to beer fest on march 11th two general admission tickets free of charge again just make sure that you are tagging people that do not already follow the podcast and while you are on our instagram we would love to know based on the episode today do you like spicy beers and if so what spicy beer is your favorite and we will definitely give it a try and we'd also like to know you know that we're now that we're like seven episodes in what you've been enjoying about the podcast what you think we can improve on because we can't get better unless we know what people are feeling what people are enjoying what people are not enjoying so please let us know be brutally honest we love feedback don't be outright mean but we love honest criticism we love constructive criticism let us know what are you liking what are you not liking what would you like to hear more of would you like to hear more of Amy and I? Would you like to hear maybe some like live broadcasting from Beer Fest or from breweries that we're at? Would you like to hear us interview people in the beer world? I think that's kind of where we're trying to head. But is that something you guys are interested in? Let us know. And let us know about breweries that you're particularly excited about because we know the ones that we're excited about. But I mean, there's just so many others that... I feel like I learn about a new one every day, which is crazy. Absolutely. That kind of leads us into our next segment, which is what's happening. And this is the segment that we talk about the recent beers that have tapped and just a little description of them. So Amanda, what have you found that's happening? So first, I think it is important to mention the brewery of the episode. Spice Trade Brewing actually has two beers tapping in the month of March. The first one being the King Montezuma. This beer is a returning beer that they have tapped before. That is this description I took from the the untapped beer profile. And quote unquote, it says a seriously complex Russian imperial stout infused with Ceylon cinnamon, Mm. Mexican vanilla, and a blend of roasted chili peppers. This beer has layers of chocolatey complexity and is inspired by the traditional Mayan chocolate recipe. A drink for the gods. That sounds like the Mexican chocolate of my dreams. It sounds so good. I really want to go try it. We're going to have to go back to Spice Trade. We will have to go back to Spice Trade because... Spicy chocolate? Yum. Yum. Especially because we know that they do spicy well. Definitely. The next beer that they are tapping is the Baltic Porter. And this is a brand new beer. I was actually not able to find any description online. Um, I think they're tapping it later in March, so maybe they just don't quite have a description yet. But when we were at Spice Trade, one of the things that I found that I thought was really cool and unique was they had on every single table, they had, you know, one of those little like clear plastic standy guys that they put like a little, like a double plexi tabletop. Yeah, a little double sided thing in there. Since February is Stout Month, on their little double-sided guy, they had a list of the beers that they were releasing for Stout Month. Spice Trade actually released a new beer every Wednesday for the month of February. They were all stouts fitting with the Stout Month theme. Of course. And on the little plexiglass standy-up guy that we'll probably just put on our Instagram story, um, it, it mentioned the King Montezuma and the Baltic Porter, so... 
those are the two that are tapping. That sounds amazing. Wish I had a better description for the Baltic Porter. And while you're in the area, Lone Tree Brewing is not far away. And they are also tapping a new beer. Actually, I believe it has tapped already. It has tapped already. It's called the Abundant Forest. And it is a collab beer with Resolute, which, of course, we've heard of. We've talked about Resolute before on the pod. And it is a dark lager, 6%, and it's 20 IBU, so really low in bitterness. Mm -hmm. The grain they've used is Leopold Pilsner, flaked rice, and chocolate malt hops. Ariana and Kalista are brewed in collaboration with the Lone Tree Brewing Abundant Forest, and this is based on the description that they have on on the untapped beer profile, is an American dark lager brewed with rice and hopped with German variety varietals varietals varieties the german varieties varieties ariana and Kalista. notes of sweet malt floral bouquet and this sounds amazing cocoa dusted raspberries yum so sounds abundant it's so i want to try it me too and it's not far from spice trade so it's very accessible if you are in the area station 26 is tapping the 303 logger on March 3rd. So by the time this episode comes out, that will be tapped. Oh, that's that's super fun. There's another exciting thing happening on March 3rd, and that is the eighth year celebration for Weldworks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and Weldworks is located in Greeley, Colorado, so it's up north, and they are releasing the Thunder Snacks, which is a hazy IPA. It's brewed with Mosaic and Simcoe, cryo frozen fresh hops and incognito hops yum looks pretty cool it does look pretty cool those are all i mean obviously we've talked about simcoe and mosaic hops before but cryo and incognito all hops i've never heard of very interesting ones we should cover in the future and if if you are south you can check out iron meal which is located in castle rock And they are tapping the Fire on the Horizon, which is an American IPA pale ale fusion. So 7% ABV and 30 IBUs. And it's made of English malts and it has late fruit type hop. So lots of good options no matter where you are in the state. Lots tapping here in March. And that really sums it up for us this week. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. I think... We have a lot to look forward to this month. I'm definitely looking forward to Beer Fest 2023. You can bet that you will hear all about it on our Instagram and also in the next episode. So just a little teaser there. Something for you guys to look forward to will be some reviews of the beers we get to try and the whole shindig. And hopefully many of you will join us there so you can experience it as well. We're looking forward to Beer Fest. We're also looking forward to Winter Wondergrass, which we'll be attending this weekend. And we're going to be trying some samples from a couple different breweries at we, uh, Winter Wondergrass. So we'll definitely chat about those and, you know, talk about those breweries as well. But yeah, lots yeah. to look forward to. A very exciting and busy March. We hope that you have a wonderful month of March. We want to say thank you again for listening to us talk twice a month, sometimes days apart from each other, like last month where our episodes are a little close. Thanks for listening. 
One thing that we will follow up on is we are going to be donating $2.22 from every listen that we received on episode six about 222 brew between the release date, which was February 22nd, 2.22, if you will, and March 1st. Once we have a tally of that, we will be sure to mention that on our Instagram and we'll be sure to mention a few charities that we're thinking of donating to and get your opinion on who we should donate to. And if you have any charities in mind, please send those our way. We're open to donating to any local Colorado charity. We are. And the best way to reach us is either Gmail or Instagram. You can reach us on Gmail at beerthispodcast, all lowercase, all together, at gmail.com. So that's beerthispodcast at gmail.com or on our Instagram at beer underscore this underscore podcast. And feel free to comment on posts or just DM us through our Instagram. Yeah, we'll be waiting. And with that, we will close out. And we just want to remind you guys to drink responsibly, especially when we have St. Patrick's Day in the uh, in the near future. Yes. Be smart. Make good choices. Find a DD if you cannot drive. And we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. beers day 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 brewing it's day brewing (laughs) dave i can't even say it now (laughs) dave dave ewing who's dave (laughs) i don't know going to the mountains like tomorrow (laughs) he's like It's okay. I enjoy listening to it. Hello, future Amanda. Hope you're doing well. (laughs) Hopefully you're on the other side of a couple of days at work and winter wondergrass is on the horizon. something i'd heard of called a urine sample oh which is extremely unfortunate and it's basically tequila heated up oh (laughs) 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 have you seen the the uh that would taste like a urine sample exactly (laughs) hence the name hence the just who who thought of that 
who, well, who thought of that? And then who decided to put that thought into action? I don't know. I don't want to know. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, really bad. They can leave. They can leave.